The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I'm your host, Jane Slater, joined by Aisha. We have got Jess and we've got Kelsey joining us remotely. And you can't see her right now, but Haley, just kind of walk into Come frame over here. here. Come say Haley hello. Haley is a new Dallas Cowboys team reporter. <laughs> She's she has awesome. asked some excellent questions. She has been absolutely fearless in the press conferences. And this is not an easy team uh, to just sort of helicopter into. So good for her. Welcome to Dallas. Glad to have you here. And also hello to Jasmine, our amazing producer here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Well, there's never a dull moment here in Jerryland. I love that uh, Rich Eisen on NFL Network, he always calls it the the Jerry Mahal. You know, it's like the Taj Mahal, the Jones Mahal <laughs> is what he calls it. Uh, but there's always something going on at the Jones Mahal. And today... I, sh- I showed up here at the NFL, I mean, after doing some NFL Network hits, and I hear that Jerry Jones is off to the side doing a little bit of a scrum because he had just done a sit-down interview with ESPN ahead of Monday Night Football. And so I didn't think he was going to say much. I, I should know better. Yeah. That, was, that was a rookie mistake, and I'm a veteran around here. Uh, Jerry said a lot. Jasmine <laughs> is working on pulling in the sound for me. Jasmine, let me know when you have it. Um, but this is what everyone's talking about on Twitter today. As it relates to his quarterback situation, Cooper Rush will get his second start uh, against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Keep in mind, we haven't seen him in back-to-back starts yet. So I think this is interesting that everybody, it's such a a Dallas thing to do when covering this team. Uh, I'm talking the Nationals. You know, we had, uh, you know, the narratives on the national networks this week talking about the fact that uh, maybe Cooper Rush needs to be studying Dak Prescott. which. Or Dak needs to be studying Cooper Rush this week, which I found entertaining. Hilarious. Um, and Jerry wasn't helping the situation today. You know, yeah. for those of us that cover this team, you try to be responsible in your takes. And, you know, you discuss things, what you see with your eyes, what people in the locker room tell you. Um, and again, Jasmine, just let me know when you have the sound. But I just the whole thing was fascinating to me today. I know you missed this, Aisha, so I cannot wait for your real time <laughs> reaction to this yeah Uh, Kelsey I know you heard it I love that we're like drum roll tease because I don't want to give it away I know you just have to hear it for yourself you have to hear it for yourself because Cowboys thing though like it is like this is exactly why you've heard Jerry Jones talk about he's like listen you're gonna talk about me all you want but just make sure you spell my name right like this is a perfect example of that in my personal opinion they can make headlines even when you have your star quarterback off the field People are questioning if you could even make it through to when he gets back. Like, yet still, still the Dallas Cowboys are going to lead Sports Center in some way or another or whatever other major network program in the sports industry. And and this is a perfect example as to how and why. Uh, the problem is we have to get clearance from John Mashoda. Jasmine, if John sent me that uh, video and told me that I could use it for Instagram and NFL Network, do you think that we can get it here? I'm literally going to text him right now. All right. Doing that. John Mishota is giving us clearance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll play this. We'll, 
I hate that uh, we didn't plan this out. I thought we already had it in the system. It's it's just honestly that entertaining. We'll come back to this storyline here in a second because, Jazz, yeah. I did send it to you here. So hopefully it's it gets to you. It's taken a little bit. Um, but when we talk about Cooper Rush, I did get a chance to catch up with center Tyler Biotish in the locker room today. And I said, what is it about Cooper specifically in the huddle? And he said, of course, they have a different personality. But he keeps the vibe consistent, which I thought was interesting. He said, Dak is the rah-rah guy. Mm-hmm. He's constantly bumping fists. But that's what Coop's doing in there. He's bumping the fist. And while a lot of this offensive line hasn't gotten a lot of time with Cooper Rush, because obviously Dak has gotten all the reps, he said last week and even more so this week, he's pulling guys aside and making sure – specifically even his wideouts, that they're all on the same page, hmm. um, that they they have a sense that this is a collaboration, that they're in this together. And so even when you're watching the tape and you were looking at the first drive, the second drive, and as the game went on, was that your observation as the guys are clapping out of the huddle, lining up the line of scrimmage, that it seemed like these guys knew what the plan was? Yeah, and there was a rhythm. It was a That, that was one thing in the Bucks game. You, they never really got into a rhythm, and when they did get into a rhythm, there was a penalty. There was something going wrong. So... Definitely, you could tell at the start of this game that that script was real. Like, they had been scouted. And that's one thing that I had been so frustrated about for quite a few games is I'm like, I'm like, what's the plan here? Because you know that what they're going to be doing defensively. But you could also tell that, that that camaraderie did come into place because I felt like these receivers were fighting through contact. I feel like, you know, a lot of those big grabs that Noah Brown had, he went up there and got it. And Cooper gave him a chance. And even when he was scrambling, you saw guys coming back to their their quarterback so I really do I do agree that they do have some type of chemistry going on like behind the scenes and I think a lot of it is chemistry and it's trust and and I I think that you know not only do these younger wide receivers have this trust within Cooper Rush but I think offensively he's been around for for years and this is something that we've talked about he's not just a backup quarterback that they grabbed this year and said okay there you go Uh, you know this is your team you're going to fill Dak's shoes he's been around he knows the playbook he knows Kelly and more he knows the scheme you know whether the scheme is working or not that's that's a different conversation right but he knows the scheme he's been around and he has the trust that's why personally I think Noah Brown had such a good game is because they've been working together and Noah Brown even talked about that in one of his interviews yesterday he talked about how well Coop's just uh you know he's a consistent guy and and he doesn't have highs he doesn't have lows he's just consistent and and I think the trust that these guys have in him says a lot and uh you know of course of course he's not Dak Prescott that that's not the conversation we're having here it's he's your well, backup Jerry is, so well, that's what we're going to yeah. talk about here us personally us personally that's not what we're saying but I I think in the meantime as far as a backup quarterback situation goes this is the best situation they could have put themselves in because he has that trust established within the offense as a whole and, and Kelsey the fact that 31 other teams I mean talk about the Cowboys getting lucky here because yeah, when mean, we when we looked at camp, we were talking about Will Greer was pushing Cooper mm-hmm. Rush, which is fascinating to me as we go back and sort of reflect on all of this. Yeah. Um, but the fact that 31 other teams didn't want him, and the big reason why you didn't bring another guy in here, and they were talking about not getting somebody off the streets, is because even Mike McCarthy alluded to this in the offseason, the terminology with this game plan is a little different with Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. So even they talked about with Jason Peters, the sort of ramping him up, they're getting him used to some of the terminology of the offense. So finding a guy just off the street to plug and play was tricky. What were they going to do if somebody well, took Cooper Rush? Well, honestly, honestly yeah, too. Like, you, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Kelsey. Go ahead, honey. No, you're good. I honestly think that that's, that's massive, you guys. Like, I think it's one of the reasons, too, like, that you see. I'm not going to put too much stock into it 
but I feel like it's honestly one of the reasons why it could make sense for a team like like the Giants to pick up a Jalen Smith because he had been in the, in the conversations when having to game plan against the Kellen Moores and understanding mm-hmm. like the way he thinks. Like any yeah. little tool you can add isn't going to hurt at least, or at least they hope not. But yeah, like you know, a guy like Cooper Rush did get passed up by a lot of teams. He literally went with Jason Garrett to the Giants before. And, you know, looking at him on paper, you're like, yes, I would probably rather, at least on initial, like, thought, have a guy who's a seasoned veteran, who's a seasoned starter in the league. But I think this is a great testament to consistency is key. And he has been making the efforts to be in the room with these guys. He's done the time. He knows these people. These are not only friends, but, like, these are true teammates and, and dare I say, kind of family. So, Dana, I thought it was great last week when you talked about Noah Brown. That was such a clutch call, and it makes so much sense. And I feel like that's why this team has a lot of confidence in him. But I feel like at the same time, you know, he still has a lot of challenges in front of him. So, um, you know, I'm excited for him, but I think there's a lot to come. Talk about a dubious honor. If uh, Rush gets this win and one – well, if he gets this win, Rush can join Hall of Famer Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett as the only Cowboys starting QBs to win their first three career starts. This will be his first start about a, against a division rival, though. <laughs> and I think when they play division games, it is a totally different ball game. And I also think once you get some more tape on Cooper Rush, that's what's going to make this thing fascinating to me. I think it's easy when you – not easy, but I think it's more of a challenge for opposing defenses – when you don't exactly know what the tendencies of a quarterback are. But now that they've got the preseason tape, they've got Minneapolis, and they've got last week, I'm just curious if the Giants, specifically Wink Martindale, who we saw what he was able to do in Baltimore, we're seeing what he's doing uh, with this Giants defense who looks so different, and we'll get to that in a little bit, how uh, this is going to shake out for Cooper Rush in his second start. But here we are. It's just his second career start for the Cowboys, his third career start uh, since joining the team. He's been here for the last six years. Here's Jerry Jones outside of the press conference room stirring things up. Jasmine, thanks for bringing it in. John Mishoda, thanks for shooting this. Okay, wouldn't it be something if you had a dilemma as to uh, which way you go? You do that if he gets 10 wins. Same thing that happened with Prescott. I think like that. So you'd want that? You'd want that controversy? Of course I would. Okay. Of course that means we'd won. If he <laughs> comes in here and plays as well as Prescott played, Rush played that well over these next games ahead, I'd walk New York to get that. I mean, the stuff that comes Ooh. out of Jerry's mouth, as if he hasn't put enough pressure. We had an extensive conversation about this in Media Match with Dewey Scruggs right before we got in here. So go listen to that if you want to hear that whole uh, meltdown from me because it was literally coming right off the locker room and my reaction to it. You're already putting enough pressure under Dak Prescott to get back. In other words, you've got your owner coming out here and saying he can play as 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 early as next week, which is wild to me. And you've got Mike McCarthy saying he's already pushing the envelope. But Ezekiel Elliott today telling us that he's constantly showing him his thumb. And and Zeke's sitting there going, we want you back healthy. Slow your roll. Uh, But you've got the owner talking about him coming back quick, right, with this, like, exaggerated uh, timeline. And now you've got him sitting here talking about he'd like a quarterback controversy. I don't know how that's productive for the locker room, right? Like, I get why he's doing it, Kelsey. We've been around here long enough. It's any news is good news for Jerry. 
I, I know. It's, it's, I just, I used the word disrespectful earlier. I, yes. I thought it was a little disrespectful to Dak. I, I 100% agree. And I feel like I, we saw this happen this summer with Mike McCarthy and Dan DQ, Quinn, right? Like Dan Quinn, <laughs> mm-hmm. like having these conversations where you are just outright disrespecting one of the members of your staff or one of the members of your team. Like, I will tell you, I had some conversations with some folks that, are, you know, have some pretty direct connections to the team when I saw this come out. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, this is not a mutually exclusive conversation. Like, Cooper Rush and Dak are friends. Yeah. They have a great relationship. Dak's not one of those guys. And there are players out there who are so competitive that they can honestly become unhelpful. Yep. Like, they literally will withhold knowledge, and they'll kind of <laughs> be jerks, for lack of a better saying it. And, and the predecessor, they're, they're not trying to help you whatsoever. They're like, listen, Roy man, Williams, Des Bryant, a great example. Oh. Roy was not trying to train his replacement. Tony and Dak. Yes. Tony and Dak. That, that was a weird one that year. But that one was tricky because Romo stayed away from the facility. Mm. And I yeah. think that he he – I don't think he saw the train coming the way some of us did. In other words, because he wasn't around the facility, he didn't see how that locker room rallied around Dak as quick as they did. And so the whole thing I remember early on, going back to 2016, was such a fascinating unfolding of all of this because I'll never forget being in Green Bay. Uh, Tony had flown up there with the ownership. Dak wins that one on the road against the Packers. And it's me and Ed Werder in the training room pressing Jerry. All right, who's your starter? Like, Dak's coming back. Who is it? And Jerry essentially bit Ed Werder's head off and said, you've been putting words in my mouth for years. But you could tell he was struggling with that. And then he goes on the radio and says, you got to go with the hot hand. But I just don't see the same parallels here. And that's why I struggle with him talking about this when it's only Cooper's second career start, especially when there's been these national narratives that we all knew were coming this week. Here's my question. Why does it always have to be a competition in this way? I'm all about pushing the other one to get better in a in you know a healthy competition, but why does it always have to be a quarterback competition between the backup and the starter? At what point is it enough of, of that conversation and saying, okay, Cooper Rush is in, and then as soon as Dak is healthy again, Dak is in. I don't understand why this conversation comes up every single time and and the Cowboys fan brain on my side seeing it on Twitter right I was I had the emotional reaction just like everybody else saying like what the heck is going on why are we saying this I'm just tired of this conversation because it happens every single time and at the end of the day do we actually think that Jerry is going to allow Cooper Rush to start when Dak is healthy look I think that in 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 his mind he'd love to have that as a negotiation trip and a, a mm, chip in other words when you're looking at cap space yeah got a guy fair. like Cooper Rush you can go to Todd France who was really tricky in the negotiations and then when we're looking at what uh Lamar Jackson just left on the table and what Kyler Murray ultimately got when we start talking about getting in people's bags I yeah. think he would love to be able to go and say, well, we'd love to pay Dak Prescott, but look what Cooper Rush, like, in it's other so words, the same thing they did with Demarcus Lawrence, right? Yeah. They had Micah Parsons yeah. and they were like, well, look what we've got from Micah. So f- <laughs> it's, it's actually what he's doing. And it's no different than what kind of what they're doing with CeeDee Lamb. Well, it's a setup. I'm not saying it's a setup, well, but I'm also... saying he's not going on record. Oh, tracking. Saying that this, like, in other words, like, it's like when you're dating. 
Ugh, if you don't tell the guy that. that you like him, no, don't ever do that. Bad it, advice. It, it sort of like it sort of takes away a little bit, right? Like he's playing yeah. a little hard to get yeah. here. So I just I think the whole thing is fascinating. I think it's all a show. I think it's what Jerry does, and Zeke sort of backed that up when we talked to him about it outside the locker room. Can we get the sound, Jasmine? I mean, I think that's just. <laughs> I don't, I don't really pay much attention to that. It's just really, those people on TV to get clicks, to get views, you're going to say the most outrageous stuff, you're going to get the most attention. That's their job. So who knows if they even believe that? From more inside, from more inside the building, Jerry just said, wouldn't it be something if we had a dilemma at the end of Cooper's time here? We'll See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a classic example. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he he wants y'all to be clicking and listening to him too. <laughs> it's all marketing, man. It's all marketing. <laughs> Thank you. He knows what we know, guys. We spent 18 minutes of this podcast talking about what Jerry said for 30 seconds. Also, you know, Jane, to your point that you were talking about before we played that clip is this is just such a bad conversation to be having, especially with Dak and and the conversation that's been coming up of him being injury prone, even though these injuries have been freak accidents and it's not necessarily an injury prone player. It just brings up conversations that do not need to be rehashed. Bury the dead, leave it alone, move on. I, I mean, at the end of the day. What else can you do is, is uh, covering the team or being a fan? You should just be used to it at this point. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, really. <laughs> I'm not going what it is. It's toxic. It, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it is. And, like, it's just it, – I don't think it's productive. And, like, I say that with all the love in my heart for this team. But, like, they're really – I didn't – I don't love that. I don't think the players love that. I think you heard that in Zeke's voice. I think this team has been so bought in on the culture. And you have to be bought in on the culture when it comes – to a time like this. And I just really feel like that kind of commentary can actually be really, really incredibly damaging. And it's just unnecessary. Nice. I really think, and, and it's also short-sighted because a lot of these guys have the same agent. So if you're out there talking about mm-hmm. like, you're going to disrespect, I mean, listen, disrespect your franchise quarterback. You think Todd France is the only person that, that you only, he, I'm sorry, let me refer <laughs> that Dak Prescott is the only person that Todd France represents. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just, it's just so short-sighted, and well, I just, it was unnecessary. And two things here. I I am curious what Mike McCarthy thinks about that because that, yeah. that doesn't help. But yeah. it actually, I think, strengthens the relationship that Dak and Mike can have in this situation of, look, we're in the trenches together. Yeah. We all know what Jerry's doing. We all know what he's saying. And, of course, any owner actually privately thinks like that. You want quarterback competition for the reasons I just laid out right. for contract negotiations. It's just most don't say it out loud. I mean, your your, your backup qu- quarterback is doing what he's supposed to be doing, man. Like this is this is nuts. Like, well, dude, ch- he's coming in, he's playing ball. Like, he's doing exactly what his job. Last that's year. what I mean. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. coming in and doing his job, and that's all you should be asking him to do. I don't. It's it's annoying and, to me because what other teams are going through this, where their backup quarterback comes in and all of a sudden he's the starter, having these conversations, like. It is disrespectful to Dak Prescott and the work that he's done. I mean, Cooper Rush has two games on his belt. Like, stop that. Didn't I was also going to say. Aaron Rodgers hated it when they brought in Jordan Love. I mean, well, stop hated that. it. Stop and that. I'll, I was going to say, too, you know, we've seen, we've seen 
two games out of Cooper Rush, not even back-to-back like you mentioned. So can we just continue to see what Cooper Rush is going to produce before we get too ahead of ourselves? Yeah. And and I'm not saying, look, he's going to go out there and lose. Of course I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is slow your roll, everybody. We only saw him play one game this season so far. And it came down to a kick it, it, in the final <sighs> seconds yeah. of the game. It's, well, it's not worth having the you conversation. You got shut out in the second half. For the most part. I mean, think about that. Offensively, it wasn't their best half by any no. means, that second half. And again, I'm not to your point, I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Rush. I think he right. managed the game great. I think those two opening drives, it was the first time that they were able to score in 10 uh, drives before it. That's significant. For whatever reason, and we discussed this a little bit yesterday, Cooper, Cooper Rush feels like he's playing a little bit more... Uh, I don't feel like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And in, in, in other words, he's the backup, right? And I don't think he's ambitious enough or hasn't shown that side of him that he wants that starting job. Will this help him in the open markets next year? Sure. Absolutely. Because 31 other teams didn't want it. But my point is, I think he was able to play freer because he didn't have the responsibility. If I go and fill in uh, on Good Morning Football, I'm not getting that job. So mm-hmm. I can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But when it's your job, there is a pressure to perform every day. And I also think that he's had these freak injuries and he had this uh, offensive line that had so many new faces. And so I think there was a little bit of second guessing back there in the first game. And he didn't have the preseason. Oh, yeah, Dak Prescott. Cooper had the preseason. Mm. And so, again, I need to see a larger sample size before I'm wading into this debate. Could we be talking about something completely different in the next two or three weeks? Maybe. But right now, I just feel like it's really premature. Isn't that That's a what I'm debate. saying. It's, not a it's a slow premature your narrative. Yeah, That's what I'm slow saying. your roll. Just let them float. Don't let, panic. <laughs> just focus on Monday's game against the Giants, and that is that. Well, because I think they have their work cut out for them come Monday with the Giants' defense. And, and really, it's, it's going to come down to the defense uh, to carry... essentially I think to carry the game the defense is going to have to step up everybody's going to have to play you know their part special teams is going to have to play a big part and off the offense is going to have to as well so I agree let's talk a little bit more about that Giants defense when we come back we're going to take our first break here it is girls talk boys talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, join former NFL players for our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. Drop the kids off at Ford Center on October 2nd from 1130 to 330 while you watch the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Commanders game from your favorite restaurant at the Star District. To register your footballer for camp, visit DallasCowboys.com academy. Well, I know Thank everyone's... You. Everyone's always <laughs> interested in injury updates. Micah Parsons was not at practice today, but don't freak out if you're a Cowboys fan. He is simply dealing with a cold. I had the sniffles earlier in the week, too. I think there's yeah. something going around. I definitely feel it today. Uh, so there's that. We'll see how he is tomorrow. As for Michael Gallup, he's getting that full slate this week. Remember we Woo! talked that Dennis Houston, uh, they released him. He is obviously back, made his way to the practice squad. But Michael Gallup will uh, see a second padded practice tomorrow, and it's looking like he's trending in the right direction. I'd be very shocked if we didn't see him play on Monday. Thank you, Jasmine, for that. Uh, and then <laughs> as for Dalton Schultz, I'm a little bit su- more a little bit more surprised on this one. Uh, he's been dealing with that right knee injury, not dissimilar from Ezekiel Elliott, who, by the way, played through it yeah, uh, last yeah. season. But it sounds like they're giving him a little bit more each day, and the critical practice for him is going to be on Sunday. If he feels good, then he might be good to go uh, on Monday as well. Uh, as for Kayvon Thibodeau, as it relates to the Giants, looks like he's trending in the right direction. Aisha doesn't think he's going to play. I feel like some of the stuff that uh, Dayball is saying makes it feel like he is, yeah. but we'll, we'll monitor that one for you. And then Aziz Olujari, who is their leading tackler for the Giants, he has also been getting some work in at practice. So that would definitely give them an interesting defensive front, uh, a really good pass rush there if they get those two back. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this defense is so different under Wink Martindale. And if you're not familiar with Wink, he was obviously at the Baltimore Ravens before this. And they're showing so many different looks. They're, you know, We'll get to Aisha and what she's seen from the tape. But six DB fronts, using safeties in the box. And one of those safeties is Xavier McKinney. Mm-hmm. And I caught up with him uh, this afternoon ahead of the game on Monday. And he just talked about how it, it sounded the way that the players in this locker room talk about Dan Quinn. They are so excited to see what he's going to come up with yeah. and how collaborative he's been. And, and week to week, things are changing. And he said, man, we don't even have all of our players yet. That's what's exciting to them. Um, and so I even said to Ezekiel Elliott, they showed such different looks against the Titans. And then the following week when they played um, Carolina, how do you scout? And he said, well, look, when you've got a new staff or, or any team, really, it's hard to scout the first four weeks of the season because you don't have a lot of tape. But I said, are you checking out the Baltimore tape? And he said they are. So I think this is going to be an interesting matchup, uh, especially if you get those two pass rushers back. Aisha. Yeah, and you were saying, like, when you start looking at what the Giants are doing with their new coaching staff, um, 
bringing in Wink Martindale is a big deal. They kind of remind me just of where they are, kind of like you said, where Dan Quinn was and this new regime of coaches coming in, trying to implement new stuff with their with their players, their draft picks, um, and they have reinforcements coming, kind of how we lost Tank early. Well, the Cowboys lost Tank early last year. But with their defensive line, um, right now it looks like they are doing – a lot to bring pressure because their front four is having trouble with their, you know, key edge rushers out. And then you got Armstead, who obviously gets pressure up the middle. He's out, too. So um, I, I've i seen them drop a safety, you know, at, like, at the line of scrimmage, and he drops. And then it's very confusing. I kind of look at what Wink is doing. Like, he's a wizard with what he's working Wink with. the wizard. Yes. Well, that's actually kind of nice. But with what he's working with right now, for them to be so good on third down, like, I'm not going to discount what they're doing defensively. I do think that the Cowboys will have spots to run the ball or pass the ball, especially with the tight ends, because their linebackers struggle in coverage against running backs, getting balls out the flat or tight ends on slants and stuff. So I'm really feeling like the offense may be able to move the ball in some spots. They, their linebackers get their eyes caught in the backfield. And you got Jalen Smith in there, you know, with the extra little bit of information right now. So let's see. So what's interesting, I was going to say real quick, uh, Zeke was asked about I, – I actually asked him about this, and he said something that I didn't see get tweeted out, but he said he didn't think that they were always fundamentally sound, which is remember I'm what – Remember when old What's-His-Face said last week uh, about Trayvon Diggs. I was like, yeah. why are you putting that out there, well, man? Well, because – Zeke, why we, are you putting Jamal, that out Because we talked about it, though, is like they are – they're learning a new scheme. Yeah. So you will see guys out of out of a place, like not where they're supposed to be. Um, some of their gap integrity is not always the best. Like these are some young players getting implemented to this new defensive – like, I mean, hopefully they can catch them on substitution. Like, I'm hoping that Cooper Rush, that's one thing that I saw from him this last game that I have to give him credit for, his command. Um, even drawing them off sides, getting those free plays, like the cadence, the, all of that stuff is so important. And I think with this young defensive line and some of the stuff they do, especially with so much substitutions because they're putting new packages out there and stuff, they can catch some slipping. I love and, that you brought that one up because I did catch that on at least one play. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I see. You, I said, Coop. okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, free play. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is, Jane, you brought this up. The Giants' defense right now very much so reminds me of Dallas's defense last year, really establishing Dan Quinn's scheme. And it worked. He came in. He made a statement. The players respected him right off the bat, really. So I think with the Giants' defense, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it, it may not be as scary as it is this year that it'll be in coming years yeah. because this is just their starting point. And I think that's something very important to mention is the Giants' defense is not bad by any means. I think they're going to be a big, big test to the O-line and Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush is really going to have to get that ball out of that pocket quickly because they were collapsing that pocket very quickly in their first two games from what I was watching. And the offensive line is going to have to – the communication is going to be really big between yeah. them because when they bring blitzes, like sometimes it looks like, okay, well, this safety is lined up right here and they'll shift, they'll move. They're, what they're trying to do is get a guy – uh, like a free a free edge rusher a free rusher and so they'll shift at the line of scrimmage they throw a lot of stuff so when you start looking at Matt Farniak uh stepping in at guard he's had a little bit of trouble there in that in the middle of there well I was just about to say Bobby Belt was at ah. practice and observed yep. Jason Peters on the right side yeah yep. <laughs> see what are what where are the Cowboys doing I don't know I hope they're not doing that because I want him to just play I would like for him to just play left tackle and for them to just move Tyler Smith to left guard where I think he can have though, so much success oh, wait, Go ahead, Kelsey. Kelsey's like counterpoint I, I was like listen I I hear that and like I was like so on that train because like Jason Peters like obviously left tackle but if you're thinking about like long term 
Jason Peters isn't a part of your long-term solution, right? Like he is a part of your, okay, we had to get someone in the door who could like really be a veteran presence, but he's at the end of his career. So if Tyler Smith, maybe sooner rather than later has to take over that left tackle position and he's been doing a pretty darn good job the last two games, which I, for one, will eat crow all day because I was like, I don't think they're setting him up for success, like (laughs) right off the bat. So in my mind, I actually don't hate the idea of him staying at that left tackle position and then moving around the guy who's not going to be a long-term person on this team because he does have enough of that veteran presence to be able to kind of just be a bit of a stopgap and get guys off the field who you probably don't want on the field right now, especially when you're trying to kind of plug things together and protect your backup quarterback. I just find it fascinating because Terrence still has been the pet cat. Like, in other words, <laughs> I mean, Joe Philbin, Mike McCarthy, they just – the love affair. Amazing. Eric Burkhart, his agent, they love him. I mean, they love him, Jane. Hey, I'm I'm like, a, I'm I was so shocked at Combine listening to them talk about their love of Terrence Steele, which this is not a knock on Terrence Steele. Yeah. It's just they loved him so much they say goodbye to Leo Collins. Mm-hmm. I mean, but also you can see it on the. I mean, not trying to be funny, but you can see why. I was like, going you can to say see, you can truly see why. I think he does have to improve, obviously, in the pass setting, but as a run blocker for what the Cowboys want to be. Like, because that was one of the biggest reasons why Leal was brought in, is that he could get to the second level. He was physical. Man, listen, go look at Terrence Steele's tape. Terrence Steele's tape, it's very similar. Like, he likes getting upfield. He wants to hit someone. And this past game, you know, he had the penalties in the first game. This past game, he really came out there and reestablished himself and, to me, showed why they decided to make that decision. Tyler Biotish talked a little bit about that, too, because I said, you know, what is it about this offensive line? Mm-hmm. And he said they, they played more disciplined. Tracking. Um and he thought that they did a really good job of communicating finally. And yeah. so, I, you know, I, the fact that we're not talking about the offensive line, that's a good thing. Right. We're not talking about it. That's a good thing. Yeah, they and also to Kelsey's point though. earlier, how, how she said, you know, Kels, I'm not calling you out. But just there was a lot of people that had said, you know, Tyler Smith is going to be an issue. The protection is going to be an issue. But at the end of the day, to your point, you said he you didn't feel like he was set up for success. Essentially, he wasn't. And and I think what's being overlooked is he is the reason yes. he is being successful that, right now. Because he has taken every single thing Jason Peters is telling him, and he repeats yep. it over and over and over. With every interview he's had in that locker room, he repeats, oh, yeah, Jason's telling me this. And and. Uh, There was an interview he did yesterday where it was just amazing to hear him. He's thanking the reporters, first of all, which that's how you know he's a newer guy, right? Like he's thanking the reporters in the locker room and he he mentions Jason by name. And and so to your point, Jason Peters, yes, towards the end of his career, but suck the juice out of him like he's been. Use him for his knowledge and and play whatever position is going to make the offense, uh, the offensive line a brick wall again. Because to be quite honest, do I care who is where? No, I don't. As long as that quarterback, whoever is in there whether it's Cooper Rush for these next few weeks because Dak is coming back or it's Dak Prescott just protect the quarterback Mm -hmm. that is really all I want I don't care who is where that's another conversation that I am done with I'm done with a lot of these conversations today guys and and Kelsey (laughs) you you, you mentioned that you didn't want him you didn't like that Tyler was playing like the idea of Jason Peters coming in and playing left tackle and then Tyler moving to guard but I'm gonna do some digging I've definitely heard heard of it there's been quite a few 
um, offensive linemen that have came in and played guard their first season and then moved to tackle, yep. and it was successful for them. Yeah. And like you just said, Jess, like, I think that we limit Tyler with our experiences and what we have seen, yeah. but this guy has improved every single time you saw him, min- like rookie minicamp. OTAs, yeah. training camp. Then he comes out here and puts this tape out here. And it's just like, and, and don't get it wrong. Like, there's some communication errors. There's some stuff with his yeah. hands. But at the He's same time, you, you, you've you got an idea of what you can get from him at left. I, I, I would like to see this line, like, in full strength because they, they may be able to run the ball on people and they can't stop with with Jason Peters. Also, what I, what I was going to say, what I love about uh, – Tyler Smith is he is not as vocal as Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. but he has the same desire to be great. Yes. Yeah, he and does. That's, what's in, that's what stands out to me yeah, about Tyler. I mean, he says all the right things. He's so team first. He is such a sponge, and it seems like you can continue putting things on his plate. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's impressive. I think if anybody's going to be successful in moving positions, if they ask him to, it's going to be him. Because, one, you already know the terminology. It's really just a matter of, of uh, I guess, coordination and where to put your feet and, and things like that. Bottom bottom body strength, if, if that's a term, right? But it's a matter of, of, you know, readjusting muscle memory, all of that stuff. But I also think with how he has shown his performance so far uh, in the season with a lot of people betting against him. Hey, I I have no reason to say he's not going to show everybody, you know, he can be great at really any position he's put in. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another break here. Uh, when we come back, some past interference stats and uh, just some of our final thoughts as it relates to this game uh, against New York. Going to be an interesting one. All right, Girls Talk, Voice Talk here on uh, the Cowboys radio station. We are brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. 
back to Girls Talk of Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first... Are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Well, nominate yourself or a friend to be the Cowboys fan of the year presented by Captain Morgan and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Sounds very hot. Now, nominate yourself or a friend at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. If you think you have someone in mind, I can name a few people, but uh, I'll let y'all do your nominations. Uh, guys, I want to use this as a moment. I'll use that as a transition who are you the biggest fan of on this team as you head into this Monday night football game? Hmm. Tater tots. I got to go first. Aisha, Dang. Yeah. Uh, I love catching <laughs> uh, Let's see. Okay. No pressure. Who am I the biggest fan of going into this game right now? Cavante Turpin. Mm, you are Ooh. high on Cavante. I'm high on Cavante yeah. Turpin because I see, if I see the opportunities that he has in this game, I'm assuming that he sees it too. Mm. So I'm really hoping he takes advantage of it because – like, that's what he was brought here for, and this team is not good at special teams coverage. Let's go. And you know, somebody, mine, mine's going to be the obvious answer is Noah Brown, but uh, something that's interesting about Cavante Turpin is he's the special teams guy, right? It's very similar to Noah's, Noah Brown's story of he's the special teams guy, now he's getting his chance on the offense to really show who he is as a player. Uh, I'm going to say my uh, Michael Gallup, oh my goodness, Noah Brown. Um, we were just talking about Michael Gallup during the break, but I'm going to say Noah Brown because I listened to his interview yesterday, and he was so open to talking about how difficult last year was for him specifically, and just how difficult it's been for him to get to this point in his career um and and just hearing any player come out and be so vulnerable about things when it you know pertains to mental health and and all of that Absolutely. you gain my respect 100 so i'm gonna keep rooting for you no brown if i can find a jersey anywhere <laughs> that is gonna be mine and we're gonna wear it but get it custom i i'm i need to because i need to i need to sport it but i'm gonna say Noah brown this week i really expect him to have another good week but Else? that's a cliche answer I'm going to honestly, I'll keep the cliches going. Mike is the easy one, but I also, I'm going to go ahead and give props to my guy, Cooper Rush. Okay. I think I was the first person who was like, oh God, like, here we go. But I really have a lot of respect for what he's been able to do. I'll be, I know it's only been a few weeks, but it's no small task to be able to come in and be able to continue to keep this team afloat. Not only the state of where it is right now in terms of the injuries that this team's dealing with, but also just the fact that you're doing it on this massive stage. The Cowboys inevitably, especially as a quarterback, you have so much on your shoulders. And so I just big props to him. I, I really think that he's going to take this as seriously as possible. And I have high hopes for what he's going to do this weekend. Jane? I was looking for the game log because I was curious how Michael Gallup was when he came back <laughs> after missing seven games last year. Even though he's going to yeah. be on a pitch count in this one, and I do think they're going to be forced to respect him. I do think they're going to shift a little of that coverage over to Noah Brown after what he did last week. Obviously, they're going to continue uh, to focus on uh, CeeDee Lamb. But I think Michael Gallup has been chomping at the bit to come back, particularly because he's such a uh, he's such a people pleaser. Yeah. And I think he he's the type of guy that actually feels grateful that the Cowboys brought him back. And I think mm -hmm. it bothered him that he had the injury. And I feel like he's the type of guy that wants to step up and prove that he was worth the contract. So I think he is going to make the most, if if he plays on Monday, which is what it looks like, I think even though he'll be on the pitch count, I think he's going to make the most of it. So Michael Gallup is the guy I'm the biggest fan of heading into this game on Monday. I can believe that. Love that. I can believe that. Well, and That's a good one. especially against their, these, they're, just being honest, their, their corners are, they're not small, but they don't have a whole bunch of size. So if you 
I mean, I would be looking for him maybe to be bodying people if he gets the chance. I want a little toe drag swag from him. Yeah, I was maybe we're right. those those stylistic catches run up that the, he gets. Run up the scenes. Please bring it. That'd be nice. Speak it into existence. I'm here for that. Yes, entirely. yes. Well, past interference. Yep. Uh, Jane wanted me to read this earlier this week, and we all get so caught up talking about these things. We get so excited. But this is from RJ Ochoa. Shout out to RJ, who you all know I just respect so, so much and is awesome. Anyways, RJ from Blogging the Boys, he tweeted out the 2021 Dallas Cowboys. This is a list, okay? Lost to the Bucks on week one on NBC, one week two against an AFC team off of a last second field goal. The score was 20 to 17 and won the NFC East. So far in 2022, the Cowboys lost to the Bucks on week one on NBC, one week two against an AFC team on a last second field goal. The final score, as we know, was 20 to 17. What will that last last dash be? Are we going to see another NFC East win to kind of match 2021 to 22? To be continued. RJ Ochoa always finds these obscure stats. Like, I just you feel like what? he's always just, like, in his basement, like, <laughs> oh. just coming up with information he, that the drives. Fact that this I, man, the boys is outstanding. The fact that this man could relate the Cowboys to Taylor Swift when she announced it's her Midnight's album, oh. I cannot. I, like, he's I can't like keep up with RJ's like mind. Illuminati. He's he like, you know, one touchdown here, three touchdowns here equals four Super Bowls incoming. And I'm like, you know what? I'm buying everything you're He and Bobby Bell literally have the most beautiful minds. It is yeah. like, I can't even yeah. remember what I ate yesterday. <laughs> and these right. guys can't remember like a game log from five seasons ago. It's fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, I am off tomorrow along with Kelsey Charles. We introduce you to Haley, the amazing new yeah. Dallas Cowboys team reporter. She will be hosting this one with Aisha and Jess. And so we look forward to, talk to you, talking to you on Monday. Hopefully it's another victory one. Well, we'll actually Tuesday. be talking to you on Tuesday. Oh, yep. yeah. Got to love these weeks. Carry the two. All right. We will uh, We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!